1: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
2: Now let me use my sweet wife Carol for a moment, all right? And I'll put her in a good light, of course, because I have to drive home with her. All right, now you've got the Godhead together, and since Carol trusted Christ, the Godhead, loyal to one another, is inside of Carol. So you've got loyalty going on. Now, because she has been born again, she is a partaker of the loyalty of God inside of her. Now, I'm over here and I have that same loyalty. So, because I have that, I now have a biblical propensity to be loyal with another believer because we now have the same Father that's all together in this thing living inside of us. That is why it is the most appalling for Christians to divorce. That's why it's most appalling for Christians not to get along with one another because we, of all people, have the loyal uh, deity inside of us that gives us the ability. So now, what's the problem? Why do we have divorces, broken families, broken businesses, broken relationships, broken churches? Why do we have that? Well, because there's also two things that are fighting against us. One is going to be Satan... Because he's the author of confusion. He's a divider. He's certainly not a uniter. So he'll do whatever he can through lies and manipulation to get at us. And if he can't do it that way, he's going to use the world system to divide us. And so as we saturate our mind by all the stuff we take in from the world, some of it is by choice. We go to the wrong movies. Some of us by choice because we watch the wrong TV programs. Some of us it's by not choice. We just live in this world and we're going to hear all that kind of garbage divided junk out there. But Satan will use that to affect our thinking to think, yeah, we, we get all this way. And then you've got one other thing going on. You've got our own flesh. That even our own flesh is warring against the spirit and against the spirit nature. We've got a big thing going on right here. So I, while I'm telling you that, some of you are so easy to sit back and you're saying, yeah, now I know why we're divided. It's my mate who's got all that worldly carnality and satanic involvement in their life. I'm going to say that's probably true. But it's also you. And it's also me. And so what's the solution to this? It's not then to buy into, well, then it's okay to be disloyal. What it is is so that we would draw closer to the Lord and His unity, His value, His loyalty. And then what happens? Satan begins to leave us alone because as we draw closer to Him, Satan flees from us. And now we can grow and come together. Now, that sounds very principally, but how do I put... And into actual practice. Stay with me in our little outline and you're going to see it. Okay, look at the next point. Here's what you see. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just put on pause here for a second. I'm so excited about my next truths. I'm going to overlook some of these other great truths. (laughs) All right, so let's go on. So that we are one flesh. So what's the result of this? That the world would know that God the Son has a mission. That the world would know that you have sent me. The longer we're together, the more we're going to be focused on reaching out to other people properly. And I like that because when we're divided, do you think people are going to listen to our message when we're always fighting with one another? That's not going to be the case. The second one says the world would know that God the Father's divine love for them. The best way for them to know how much God loves them is for us to have the love of God inside of us because we can have that because we're partaker of his love nature, that I can now love my mate and she can love me. I can love her when she doesn't love me. Did you catch that? Okay, And she can love me when I don't love her back because we have that divine nature. And all of a sudden the world is sitting back and they're saying, wow, wow. These Christians, they're able to get along with one another even though when they have different isms and spasms. They're able to work through their differences. They're able to know what hills they should die on, spill blood on or fuss over. They're they're able to figure this thing out. Look at the love that they have for one another. Even when they don't agree, they know how to wrap each other up with the arms of God's love. I want what they got. How do you... That's so weird. That's so supernatural. How do you make that work? I want to be loved like that. And it's all found again in the Godhead. All right? Checkpoint. You'll notice. We need to be loyal and like-minded with the Godhead and other believers for the sake of world evangelism. I tell you, nothing will destroy my witness with my neighbors than if they hear Carol and me fighting, arguing, screaming. How many have ever been to our house? How many of you have been to our house? Okay. Um. Do you remember coming up, uh, you, you, you drive, you park there on the street, and we have a, a little walkway, a wooden walkway. Do you know that, I, I'm, ta- I'm not joking you, our walkway is right here. We have a bush right here, and their walkway is over here. We both walk this way, and they walk into their house, and we have the windows open. And what's so strange, I you, know, you never come back after you hear this, I can hear their toilets flush. Don't laugh, they probably hear mine. Okay? And I'm just saying, if they could hear those little things, I can only imagine what they might hear from Carol and me. Therefore, since I live more than in a goldfish bowl, I have a megaphone that goes out my house on both sides. And by the way, one of my neighbors knows Haley. Okay? All right? So I have to be real careful because what she might tell Haley about us. All right? So, Carol, don't argue with me. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But you see, the world is watching all of that. And so when we talk about being loyal, there is a ramification that deals in the world of evangelism. And then frankly, that tells me why I'm here to start with. is to win others to Christ and to train them. And that brings glory to the Lord. Let's go quickly. Number three. What could I do to demonstrate loyalty? Well, obviously, speak the same on spiritual matters. It's in a passage that says this, and Brian read it. Now, I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all, and the you all that he's speaking to here, is a bunch of divided Christians that were acting immaturely in the Corinthian church. And he says, you guys need to speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. In other words, stop the device, divisiveness. But that you be perfectly joined together in the mind, in the same mind in the same judgment. Now, you're thinking, okay... Obviously, obviously, if we all agree on the same thing, we wouldn't be fighting. Two criminals can get along if they both agree on which bank to rob. Did you all get that? Are you all le- listening to this? So you can agree that the issue now is what upon which we should agree. And I'm going to tell you, watch this, watch this. If you've got the divine nature of God, He is not going to have a different nature than what He reveals and displays through His Word. So if I want to be on the same page and know what is the loyalty that God displays to one another, I've got to know his word, which brings me to number two. I need to have the mind of Christ by knowing and abiding in his word. And there's what you get, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So I have a one-mindedness. What is the one mind I should have? Same book, different chapter. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind is that? That whole concept of the mind of Christ is to understand that he was all man and all God, all wrapped up in one. You have to understand that Jesus is God, basically. Then it goes on to say all that he did, which is all based on humility. What did he do? He died and he rose again and he'd be glorified again. So all that is the gospel. So that's how we can now strive together for the proclamation of the gospel, which is chapter 2, what he just said. So I have to have the mind of Christ. But I like Colossians, and that's why you have that there. I think it's in your outline. It says this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonition, etc. Now, look up here if you will, please. <clears throat> I'm being very practical. Some of you are going to say, Stan, you, 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 you sing the same psalm, but they have different words. And I'm going to keep singing it until we all get on the same page. Here we go, practically. The Godhead is not divided. It is the nature and the character of the Godhead to be equal on every truth and to be every truth then that truth is recorded in a book that has no errors known as the Bible. Now he says when you trust Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you because Jesus died for you because God gave uh, the, the plan, the person. All right. Now you have all of that going for you inside of us. Now, if I want to know how that I can be in agreement on the right stuff with one another to the degree that I am abiding in his word, that means I know his word accurately, hermeneutically. I understand it with the proper doctrine, the proper implication, application and exegesis that I really know this correctly. And watch this now. There are many that, that know it, but they somehow they miss the application part of it. Somehow you know the truth, but you miss the knowing the doing part of it. I know we're not human doings, we're human beings, but there's too much in the Bible that talks about you have to know it, then you also have to live it and do it. So stay with me. So if I want to be on the right page with Carol, listen, listen, that means not only do I need to be feeding myself the Word so I could be on the right page with God because He's so loyal and I want to be loyal to Him and Him to me, then I want to help my wife to know the Word So there's a couple of things I can do. One is I could stop creating an environment where she's not going to get into God's Word. Now, I don't have the time to list all the stuff that I could do around Carol where she won't be in the Word. And it won't necessarily be her fault. Now, she has her own choice not to do stuff and not to go to me, but it's my job as a spiritual leader to make it a conducive place for her to learn. Secondly, I should create an attractive environment for that she would want to listen to me when I would either model the Word or mention the Word or even preach the Word. No, no, even share the Word with her that she would want to learn it. I would also help her to make sure that she is guided in the ways that she would learn the Word. Now, many husbands don't do that. One reason is, is because they're afraid their wife will be so strong in the Word and they don't want to be in the Word properly. They don't want to live the Word that they know it's going to set up for conflict. The conflict, listen, is not between you and your mate. The conflict is that to which you want to be loyal. She wants to be loyal to God. You want to be loyal to God and... And that's why you've got conflicts in your life. And it happens with kids, kids with other friends, friends with parents. It goes on and on and on. So it's when we, together as one family, alone, make a commitment to get into God's Word, to know it, to live it. And live it means lifestyle and lips, the whole nine yards. We do this. And as we come across other people, we will be on the same page. Watch it. Watch this. Then you won't follow me and drink Kool-Aid when I ask you to. Because you then will know the truth and I hope that I would be loyal and guide you in the truth and together we would be more truth- truthy. Is that a word? All right. Well, get in the word. Are you all with me so far? Okay. All right. I don't have to go another 10 minutes. I think you got it. All right. Let's look at the third one. It says, Adopt as my own the desires and goals of those I'm serving. If I want to be loyal, I've got to adopt their goals as my own. I gave a wonderful illustration from the Bible that is a real true story about a woman who is married... And she had two sons. Her husband died. Her two sons then got married. And they wanted to go back to the land. And so the mother-in-law then released the two daughter-in-laws because all the men died and said, You go wherever you want, but I'm going back to my land, Judah. And one of the girls who wasn't from Judah said, Okay, I'll go with you. And she says, Wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people be my people. Your God will be my people. When you die, I'll die. And there will I be buried. Man, you talk about a loyalty passage You're going to find it right there. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. It's because Naomi was loyal to God. Ruth was loyal, perhaps more to Naomi. But I think she was really grabbing it. That's my opinion. But if you follow the life of Ruth, you're going to find her traced many more generations and doing great things. And I really believe that this humble woman, Ruth, because of her commitment to being loyal... Loyal to the need of someone else. A mother-in-law who is going to go off by herself back to a strange land without any relatives. She chose to stop her own life and say, no, I'm not going to try to find another man in this little world here and I'm not going to try to build my own little business over here in Moab. I I want to be with this woman. She's elderly. She lost her husband. She lost her sons. And I want to be there for her and I'll even take her people as my people. And the loyalty won out with tremendous amount of results and benefits. So, I have to adopt as my own the goals of those I'm serving. And if you cannot do that, and you cannot figure out a way to get on the same page, then a very gracious way, it might mean that you have to move on. All right, the next is consider the importance of the other people's thinking. It says here, rejoice with those who rejoice. That's easy to do. Weep with those who weep. That's a little harder to do, but we can do that. And be of the same mind one to another. And it goes on, and I like this phrase do not be wise in your own opinions. Sometimes we are not loyal to one another because we're wise in our own opinions and we think everybody ought to believe the way we do. Have you ever, are, you, are you all all right with me on that? We, we, we have our own opinions and loyalty is only born as if you agree with me. We forget to think that loyalty sometimes is that I need to listen to your opinion and sort it all out and see how I could perhaps even get on your page and give us time to work that out. But it's not always the case. Next bullet point, show others the love and peace of God. I like that verse. Paul was now saying this. He says, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let me see if I can appeal to you on this: the love, the joy, the peace of God. Have you ever heard the phrase, when mama's not happy, what, how does it end? When mama's not happy, what? Nobody. Nobody's happy. And usually when there's a break in a relationship, there's a break in trust and respect. And when you have a brokenness in trust and respect, you have a brokenness in communication. And generally you have tension and perhaps a little bit of drift and eventually divorce. And I don't mean just a legal divorce in marriage, but you have a divorce in a business, divorce between partners, divorce in families, etc. And you have that happening. Okay. And, and I can only tell you on the other end that when people are getting together with a like-mindedness, there is such a joy there. Think about it for just a moment. How do you think your kids feel when they hear you argue? How do you think they feel when they know that you're going into a bedroom and close the door and they hear muffle but still... Nya, nya, nya. Now, how do you think they feel for that moment? Do they think, okay, dad, I hope you win. I hope you win, mom. No, they don't think... They're, they're scared. They're What's this going to happen? And maybe once or twice they might be able to kind of shrug it off. But if it happens over and over and it's a lifestyle, what, how do you think that makes them feel? Those of you that go to work and you've got employees or bosses that are fighting with one another, how does that make you feel? Do you want to go to work? Of course you don't. What fills you with joy? When we all can get on the thing. You know what fills me with joy? This is weird. When you don't want to go home after church. You guys want to just sit around and fellowship. You go to churches where there's no unity in it, you're going to find churches. They can't wait to get out the door, jump in their car, and get on down the road because it's down the road where it's happy. It's not happy here. So I want to tell you, there's a joy in this thing. So when I choose to know that the fullness of joy that might be given to someone else could happen if I work in the loyalty that I could have with the Lord. Now, here's the last issue. And I wanted to end with this because this is is where we're going with the whole thing. This is perfect to end on this. The greatest reason to be loyal and like-minded is to glorify God. And you're going to see what it is. Now, we talked about evangelism. That will happen better if we are united together, united front, you know, together, you know, Teamwork makes the dream work. You all know that. But ultimately, though, it's to glorify God. Now, look at the verse. Again, it was read to us. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you. Stop for a moment. This means that, watch this, watch this. God will give to me Patience, which I need to have loyalty that'll help me with loyalty. He'll give me encouragement to help me have loyalty. So bottom line is God will give me his divine power and encouragement for me to have loyalty. So I get loyalty from God. Alright, He's my source of loyalty. Let's go a bit further. It says here that you be like minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, which we already talked all about his loyalty and all that. That you may be one mind with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We built the case that the Father and the Son are unified. Now we're building the case that my source of loyalty is going to come from God and my object of loyalty is going to be to God and the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you okay? Go like this. You got that? If you can learn anything today, just remember that God is loyal to one another. He lives out that loyalty toward himself in his word in us so now we can be loyal to someone else. Now again, for those of you that are on the other side of the faith, this is where you can jump in. This is your place. The doors open now for you, not the church doors and membership. This is where you can jump in. You can jump in and say, I had to have people that have been loyal to me, but I can't ever count on everybody being loyal to me all the time. I, 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 I know what it's like. And some of you are so humble and honest. Some of you will say, I remember a time that I should have been loyal, but I wasn't loyal. I lied. I cheated. I deceived. I manipulated. I stole. And man, I don't have any right to ever have anybody be loyal to me again. And God must really hate me. Remember what I said, the door is open. And now what he's saying, he's saying to you, he's saying, I love you. And with my loyalty to my word, I said, that I love the world and you're part of the world and I'm going to be loyal to my nature I'm going to be loyal to my promise what I said in the world word that I love the world and I love you so you over here that are feeling would anybody love me I've been pained by disloyalty and I've been disloyal I want you to know I can't promise the rest of the people in this room I hope that they would love you but I can promise you that God would love you now watch this he is not a syrupy sweet God up there that simply says I love you I love you I love you, I love you he says I love you but I'm going to prove to you how much I love you because I'm going to deal with the disloyalty that's happened in your life. So now Christ went to the cross. Look up there. He went to the cross and when he hung himself on that cross up there. Yeah, I know the Romans and the Jews and all that, but basically he went to the cross. He put him in a position so he would go to the cross and on that cross for the disloyalty of mankind. And boy, was he living disloyalty when all those people said what they wanted to. Then they're betting for his own clothes. And he says up there that I love you and I'm going to prove my loyalty to you, because I said I would go to the cross before the New Testament never came into existence, before I was alive walking on this earth. I said I'd come and die on that cross for you. And he did. And he said, I'm loyal to myself, I'm loyal to my word, and I'm loyal to you. I died on the cross. I was loyal when I said that I'd rise again from the dead, and I came back from the dead. I promised, I am loyal, I'm loyal, I'm loyal. I'm a God who cannot lie. Now, you're on this side. And you might not have yet within you the ability to trust because you've been so much lied to by disloyal people. But I want you to know it doesn't matter how much trust. It's that little bit of faith like a grain of mustard seed. And I want you to know that I don't care what people have done. I don't care what religionity has done. Christianity, true Christianity, true Christ, He's never lied. And He's not lying to you now. If you would just simply say, Lord... I am a sinner. I know I can't get to heaven by my good works. And if I die, I'm going to die in this situation. And I'll spend eternity outside of the cross, salvation in heaven. I don't want to do that. I want to I experience someone in my life being loyal to me. And I promise to you that Jesus Christ not only was loyal 2,000 years ago, He's loyal today. And He'll be loyal to you when you die. Because He's a God who cannot lie. But now what you can do is you can reject that loyalty and I'm going to tell you that will be the worst, worst thing you could do. But I'll tell you one other thing about God. He's so good. Since He's willing that none would perish, you know what? He's going to stay with you and He's going to hound you in a loving way to say, come on, come on, you're still breathing, you've got a little bit more time but I don't know how much time I'm going to tell you. You've got to trust me. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. I pray that you realize that going to heaven is not by works of righteousness that you've done, but it's according to his mercy, the loyal mercy to the word that he would save you. Let's pray with every head bowed and every eye closed. The payment was made for you on the cross of Calvary. He died and he rose again. He was loyal. What more does he have to do? He's been loyal. He shows it in the word. He places himself within you. You got everything you need for that loyalty. But now what you've got to do is say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. I know that I cannot do anything in order to get to heaven. This is not so much a prayer as much as it is an acknowledgement that Jesus is the Lord who died and rose again. But it's not just an acknowledgement. It's also you placing your faith in Him. You, right now, thanking Him for dying on the cross, being true to His word, being loyal to Himself, to His word. And now to you when He says, if you believe in Me, you won't perish, but if you don't believe, you're condemned already. So the loyalty sword cuts both ways. So the side of it for you to have eternal life is if you believe in Him, you will never perish. But if you don't believe in Him as your personal Savior, by faith alone, He will also honor His word and say, He that believes not, is condemned already. Carol and me, we've chosen to be on the side that says, Lord, you're loyal either way. You cut it. You're loyal. But we're glad that we can trust you as Savior and be on the side that says you'll take us to heaven. Now, is there anyone in here today that would like for me to pray for you? Now, remember, standing up, walking an aisle, we won't do that here. I'm going to have you raise your hand in a moment if you're trusting Christ. Raising your hand won't get you to heaven. No more than me praying for you would get you to heaven. You've already Sealed your eternal destiny, heaven bound, the moment you, in a sense, called upon Jesus Christ to be your Savior. It's not so much you asking; He wants to be your Savior even more. In fact, by the time you're ready to ask Him, He is your Savior. It's that quick. Boom. He's right there. He knows your heart. Those of you that heard this message, it's very simple now what you need to do. is to rethink where loyalty is found. It's found in Christ. Where is the Godhead living in a sense? He's living inside of you. You have the opportunity and the ability through Christ to be loyal. It's not you working up some sense of loyalty. It's allowing the Holy Spirit through His Word to help you to become loyal. Where does your loyalty begin? It's like the old saying is, it wasn't so much that the husband was disloyal to the wife as much as he was disloyal to his own marital vows when he said forsaking all others for her alone. So he was disloyal to himself. The result was disloyalty to others. So right now, between you and the Lord, would you now say to the Lord, Lord, I've got a trouble with this loyalty. I, I can't trust. I've got issues. Lord, I want, you to, I want you to remake me again. I want you to put me back together again so I, with other believers, starting with my mate, starting with my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my son, my daughter, my extended families, the guys I work with, the ones I share the locker with, help me now to get on the same page of the gospel with them. How many of you are struggling with the pain of disloyalty and you'd like to have prayer that God would help bring about a healing to you in the area of loyalty? Our gracious Heavenly Father, I know this message was a little bit longer, but Father, this is a tremendous truth. It's so deep and so rich, but yet, Father, it is so simple. So simple. Now help us through your Spirit to understand that we can be loyal to one another. And speak and say and think the same things which would please you for world evangelism and the glorification of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to know your words so we can begin to learn and share the same things. And part of it is to allow people to grow at their own speed. But at the same time, love them too much to leave them there, to come alongside them and disciple them. Father, I thank you for this church that is a very loving church and I pray that because we are such a safe haven here that you would bring more people into our church, that we would love more and bring more and invite more. For Father, this is the kind of place where we know they're going to hear the word of God in a very rich and practical way. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please email us at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. That's tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you and remember to make it clear.